Competition makes everyone better, and the Miami Hurricanes are going to have a ton of competition this season at wide receiver. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, including pregame and postgame for Miami Hurricanes football. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. Happy Monday. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So we have day three of fall camp going on today. Days one and two are in the books, Friday and Saturday. They enjoyed the day off on Sunday and Folks, there's going to be a lot of position battles, really everywhere on the field, probably not really a quarterback, but everywhere on the field when you've got a new coaching staff, a clean slate, new expectations, everybody getting a chance to earn their spot. The depth charts are certainly not set in stone. They won't be for any time soon, but a big competition that we're going to be looking at because when you have a Rolls-Royce like Tyler Van Dyke at quarterback, you need to make sure he's protected. That's number one. So we're going to talk more, a lot more about the offensive line throughout the week. But you need to make sure he has reliable targets to throw the football to because his two most reliable targets from a year ago in Charleston Rambo, who set the single season receiving records, and Mike Harley, who set the career receiving records, have both moved on to the next level. So who will emerge as Tyler Van Dyke's top receiver in the year 2022. TVD, to his credit, has repeatedly said, going back to spring ball and into fall ball, and someone pointed out we really shouldn't refer to practices in August as fall camp, maybe summer camp, but fall camp is just what they call it, guys. Uh, But TVD has said repeatedly that he has complete faith in his receivers, and he knows that someone is going to stand out and emerge as the top guy, the top target. But to this point, Tyler has really not hinted at who that will be. And I think on his part, that's partially just really good leadership because you want to keep all of your teammates, all of your receivers motivated and hungry to try to become that guy. So don't necessarily tip your hand to who you think might be the one standing out the most. And to Tyler Van Dyke's credit, because we love to talk about TVD's leadership as well, his receivers have said in interviews that Van Dyke will oftentimes pop into their position meetings, the receiver meetings, to check on them, talk shop, and offer words of motivation. So Tyler continues to do all the right things off the field. He's showing signs of a real leader. And we know how good he was on the field for the second half of last season. And he's looked very, very good to this point preparing for 2022. But it's the off the field stuff as well that impresses me. The leadership, the get in your face type of attitude. This guy's doing everything he possibly can to put himself in position to be one of the best quarterbacks in college football this year. As far as leading receiver, top targets emerging. We're getting a similar message from Mario Cristobal that we're getting from TVD. So Mario said this morning, Monday morning on the Joe Rose Show with Zach Krantz, was asked about finding a go-to receiver. He didn't single anyone out the same way TVD didn't. And Mario said, quote, looking to challenge this group and challenge them hard. There is some progress and we need to see more. So a very coachy answer there, okay? 
Uh, as I've said a thousand times on this show, so let me say it for the thousand and first time, good quarterbacks need great receivers to elevate them, while great quarterbacks can elevate good receivers. And I believe TVD is, can be, and will be a great quarterback, so he's going to elevate some of these talented but unproven players without question. And that's the big thing. Miami has a lot of talent at wide receiver. There's a lot of guys there who can play. We just don't know if they can do it consistently the way that Rambo and Mike Harley did. So who is going to emerge as target number one? Um, if I was going to give you the easy, kind of lazy answers, the safe money type of answers, I would tell you that either Will Mallory, who's back for another go around as I believe a fifth year senior, or... Xavier Restrepo, uh, that one of those two guys would emerge as the top man. Uh, Will Mallory caught 30 passes last year. He led the tight ends, 347 yards and four touchdowns. And guys, as a side note, a, a footnote, I could definitely see a possibility that the top receiver on this team ends up being a tight end. It doesn't necessarily have to be someone lined up wide or in the slot. Um, you could definitely make a case, though, for Xavier Restrepo. He's taking Mike Harley's spot as the top slot guy this year. Restrepo had a nice year as a backup last season, caught 24 balls, scored two touchdowns. He averaged 15.5 yards per grab, which I love. So it's like every time this guy catches something, it's for a first down. But I don't always like to just take the safe money. Like, I, you could give me one of those safe answers. I'm a betting man. Sometimes I like to go out on a limb. We still have... 40 days until the Canes play their first real game of the season. That'll be on the road at Texas A&M on September 17th. You've got a couple of cream puffs, a couple of warm-up games before then. So in the next 40 or so days, you've got a lot of time for that depth chart to become more clear. And you've got a lot of time for certain players to emerge. So if I'm going to give you my dark horse candidates for who could become the top target for Tyler in 2022, would I sound a bit crazy if I say Colby Young is a candidate, good candidate to become the top target this year? And again, if you were to make a depth chart today, he would not likely not be a starter, but maybe he will be in the next month or so. Colby Young, I love everything about this guy when it comes to measurables. He's six foot four, great reach, solid hands, gives him the height and the reach to grab contested balls. Obviously, that's very important. Good catch radius, and he's fast, okay? He's primarily been, so far in his collegiate career, he's primarily been a deep target. You know, he came from junior college, though. That's why there are some uncertainties, because we don't know how Colby Young would play against, you know, ACC and SEC type of defensive talent, because Miami does have Texas A&M on the schedule this year, versus the talent that he faced in junior college in upstate New York. It's a little bit different, but this guy has all the tools. When I spoke to him last week at Media Day, Colby Young went out of his way to let me know that he's a lot more versatile and valuable than just being a deep target. Uh, I think he's going to be getting a lot of contested balls this year. And he is Colby Young. One of the reasons why I'm bullish on this player, and I think he could end up being a top target, if not the top target, he's getting rave reviews from his coaches and from his quarterback as well. So trending in the right direction, as we say. Uh, another you know, roll of the dice I would take as far as who's going to emerge as a top target 
I've been super high on Elijah Arroyo, the sophomore tight end. You know, despite being on the same roster and in the same tight end room as the more experienced Mallory, plenty of tight ends are going to get opportunities in this offense. Uh, and I think Elijah Arroyo, athletically, physically, he is the real deal. He is a mismatch. He's explosive, and he's six foot four, two thirty-five, and he runs a four-six in the forty. So, do not be surprised if Elijah Arroyo ends up having an even better year than Will Mallory. Just be on the lookout for that. And and that's not even mentioning Jaleel Skinner, another really solid tight end who's a true freshman. I saw him catching some balls from Jake Garcia in practice and looking really, really good. Uh, but I, I think Arroyo would be a bigger candidate than Jaleel Skinner just because of the experience factor. Skinner needs to put some weight on still as well. So th- those would be my rolls of the dice. If I'm going to give you my answer, Colby Young or Elijah Arroyo, I would love to see one or both of these guys emerge. I'll run through some more members of the receiving core just so I give everyone some love, just so I send out a few more shout-outs to the guys out there. Um, Frank Ladson. Doesn't Frank Ladson have to be a candidate to become the go-to guy? I mean, he could very well end up in a starting spot at wide receiver. This guy, you know, three years ago when he was being recruited out of high school, the seventh-ranked receiver in the country out of South Dade High School. So he's a local kid who went to Clemson, transferred back home into Miami. And having just come from Clemson, he's got valuable experience in one of the top programs in the country, national championship winner. You know, his overall stats, if you go season by season, they don't look that great, which is due primarily to injuries. He struggled to stay on the field, which, of course, we we need him to have a good, healthy year this year. And, of course, all the depth uh, that he was fighting at Clemson. So I think Frank Ladson, who definitely wants to come here and be a leader and work hard, uh, and he looks great physically, I think he's another guy that could be a candidate. Um, I have been asking you guys on Twitter and keep in mind, you can follow us at Locked On Canes, and we will follow you back. Follow us at Locked On Canes. Tweet us day and night. Your tweets may turn up on the show. A lot of them do. I asked you guys last week who the number one wide receiver would be, and I think the one who got the most love, there, there's a top two, but the one who got the most love is Jacoby George, number 15. And yeah, statistically, George last year was Miami's top deep threat. He averaged 26.1 yards per catch, and he was at a true freshman spot last year. So you can expect Jacoby George, South Florida kid, having been a true freshman last year, is going to make a big jump into year two. I like that. The other receiver that our audience really loves, this guy gets shout-outs from you uh, folks on Twitter every single episode we do if we talk about the receivers, Romello Brinson. Our audience loves Romello Brinson. He's another guy going into his sophomore year, could make a big jump. He had that insane one-handed touchdown grab last year from Jake Garcia. That was one of the single best highlights of Miami season. South Florida loves Romello, and Romello loves us. I hope he steps up. You know who I find? I want to throw another shout-out here to one of Miami's receivers who's definitely a candidate. I mean, he's a, he started all 12 games last year. Of course, he's a candidate. I think members of my audience, I'm going to throw, uh, I'm going to call you guys out. I think you guys sleep on Keyshawn Smith a little bit. And I think it's because he's not a South Florida kid. He's from San Diego. So he doesn't get as much love because a lot of you guys who listen to this and watch this are South Floridians. You love giving love to the, the local kids. He's not a local kid, so he doesn't get as much love. Do you think I'm right about that? But he started all 12 games last season. 
He was Miami's third leading receiver. He caught three touchdowns last year. Um, you know, since new coaching staff, both sides of the football, everybody's new this year. Virtually everybody's new. Um, obviously, several guys are going to get an opportunity to jump him on the depth chart. But Keyshawn Smith does have more starting receiver experience than, at least in a Miami uniform, than anybody else on this roster right now. So what do you guys think? Who is going to emerge as Tyler Van Dyke's top wide receiver this year? Is it even maybe a name we didn't mention? Because I didn't give any love to Michael Redding III, who I talked to last week at Media Days. Who do you think is going to emerge as TVD's go-to guy? Or does it even matter? Because Van Dimes is going to spread it around the field so much. Everyone who I didn't even mention Brashard Smith is another guy that I didn't mention, who is like a Swiss Army knife. That guy can line up just about anywhere on the offense. Who do you think is going to emerge? You can tweet us at Locked On Canes, and we will follow you back. We're going to do some Q&A when we come back. Is I think it's the perfect time to do this since we're a few days into fall camp. Expectations for the coming year are starting to be set. How much better can Miami's defense get? And do we have any playmakers on this defense who could even belong in the same conversation as some of the all-time Miami greats from about 20 years ago. We were asked that question, and I'm going to answer it right after we talk about LinkedIn. Hey, as you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business firing on all cylinders. That is why LinkedIn Jobs, my friends, is here for you. Hold on, I got to get that overlay up. There it is. Look at that beautiful, beautiful LinkedIn Jobs. You can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then you add your job with the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So wide receiver is going to be exciting this year, and I think they'll be fine because Tyler Van Dyke, between all those tight ends and all those receivers we just talked about, and a stacked running back room as well with guys like Jalen Knighton, the rooster, who had a great year catching balls out of the backfield last season, and Henry Parrish, who transferred in from Ole Miss, who caught a lot of balls out of the backfield last season. Uh, I know Don Chaney is certainly capable of doing that as well. And Trevante Citizen just looks like a beast, right? He doesn't look like he's an 18-year-old true freshman. The guy is ready to go. Uh, I think the offense is going to be fine, and we'll talk more about the offensive line this week. They have to hold up as well. But Let's talk a little bit about this defense. We got a question, uh, similar questions. I'll answer them both into two for one from Chris on Twitter and from Gideon on YouTube. Chris asks, hey, the Hurricanes had the 75th ranked total defense last year. Can they get into the top 25 in total defense this year? The question from Gideon 
on YouTube, he asked us about scoring defense, as in defense is literally scoring points. He said uh, the 1999 through 2001 teams averaged roughly 11 points per game scored by the D. (laughs) Interception returns, fumble recoveries, that kind of stuff. 11 points scored. He says, how do our guys now potentially compare and who in our D will step up to rival past greats? Let me tackle Gideon's question first. Um, And yeah, I remember those days fondly when, and really, here's the thing. It would not be even fair to try to compare the defensive players of Miami 2022. We have some good ones, but it just would not be fair to compare them to the defensive players we had circa 2000-2001. Ed Reed, possibly the greatest safety of all time, who we now have on the staff. I loved him even more when he played. Um, Ed Reed scored more touchdowns in 2001 than most of Miami's offensive players did. I mean, the guy was insane, right? He... Ball hawking safety, and every time he caught an INT, he was taking it to the house. I mean, it was just, you know, you can't expect anyone on this team to be like that. And you had generational linebackers like DJ Williams, who was unbelievable. Jonathan Vilma was really, really good. You know, you go a year before them, 2000, Dan Morgan was Miami's top linebacker. You had unbelievable defensive lines. Vince Wilfork played in that era. Um, You know, that's even before Sean Taylor, who I think was a true freshman in 2002 or 2001. I think he was a true freshman. So that that was was the golden era for Miami football, especially the golden era for defensive playmakers. So I don't necessarily think we have anyone who can do that stuff. But the good news is, you know, just what, four or five seasons ago, Miami had the a team that didn't have nearly as good players who created the top turnover margin in the country, the 2017 team, the turnover chain team. Uh, You know, I mean, the Trajan Bandy interception return for a TD against Notre Dame was one of the greatest moments of my life. It was like barely a notch behind my son being born. That was so amazing being there in person, watching that happen. So, uh, but it's a big thing. And the reason why I think that question ties into the first question is Chris asked us, can the Hurricanes get into the top 25 in total defense this year? I don't think they can, but I don't care because there are like because like total defense is a lot based on the yardage you give up. I don't think it's nearly that important because you know the ACC has a lot of really good quarterbacks in it. It's like the quarterback conference, and I think Miami may give up some yards this year. But the area that I want to see Miami improve into for me, I want to get back into the top twenty-five or even the top ten nationally in takeaways, right? I want to get into the top 25 in third down defense. Miami ranked 77th in that last year. The Hurricanes D gave up a first down on third down just under 40% of the time. That was really, really bad. That's bottom half of the country. So, and maybe if you improve on both those numbers, the total defense is just going to naturally improve. But total defense is not really what I care about. I want to be near the top in takeaways and near the top in third down defense because it's those X plays that really get your defense over the top. And listen, even though you don't have the playmakers of, of 2000, 2001 walking through that door, James Williams has enough talent to become one of those all-time greats at safety. Uh, so does Cam Kitchens, I believe. He's really, really good. Um, Leonard Taylor, like if Leonard Taylor 
a defensive tackle lives up to his potential, he could be become one of the greats to ever run through that smoke. I, I think that highly of his talent. Um, you know, the linebacking core, we'll see what happens there. But Caleb Johnson, who transferred in, I really, really like. There's some potential for playmakers at the star position, which is like this defense's version of the striker position. You know, when you talk about Gilbert Frierson, who's very hungry, to Corey Couch, probably going to get some time there. So Miami's got some dogs. Like, Miami's got some players. And you've got now a defensive coordinator who is obsessed with, with proper form tackling, because Kevin Steele emphasizes that a lot. That's something Miami was not good at last year. I think they can improve that through coaching. And you have some of the best position coaches in the country, like Charlie Strong coaching the linebackers and Joe Salavea coaching the defensive line. So I think the defense is going to get a lot better. Um, Oh, man, here's one. I'm going to tackle this question on tomorrow's episode because I'm formulating an answer for this. It's going to take a little bit more time. So I'm going to get this out on tomorrow's episode, but an awesome question from Dominic. Dominic! It always makes me think of Kindergarten Cop. Remember the kid that got lost? Arnold Schwarzenegger was like, Dom, where's Dominic? Where, is, where did he go? Where's Dominic? Thank you, Dominic, for the question. He says, what's your power ranking? For all of Miami's opponents this year. So we're going to devote some time to that on tomorrow's episode. I'll give you one spoiler, okay? On my power rankings of Miami opponents, Bethune-Cookman is dead last. Surprised? That's the only spoiler I'm going to give you. No, Florida State is not dead last. They're not. Bethune-Cookman is. That, that is the only spoiler that I will give you before tomorrow's episode. But we also... Oh, man, we got a question about the Miami Hurricanes locker rooms. Have you seen those? Oh, my goodness. I want to talk about that and more when we come back, right after we talk about BetOnline.net. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. So find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering info from live in game betting, scores, and podcasts. Man, they have you covered. Head on over to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening right now. Bet Online, where the game starts. I'm Alex Dono, your host. Thank you for making Locked on Canes your first listen. Every day. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So make sure to subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you get your audio pods, and subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. The YouTube channel is really growing. Within the last couple of days, we hit 4,000 subscribers, which it's really humbling to me because our YouTube channel has only existed since May. So what is that? Four months? I got to count on my fingers. Hold on, May. July. No, three three months? Whoa. Okay. So we've only been around three months. We have 4,000 subscribers. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for doing that. Well, here's a softball question if I've ever seen one, but I love softball, so I will answer it. And this is a good pal of ours. He asks us questions all the time. Zila Gonzo. He says, hey, we're less than a month away from our first game. How you feeling? Mr. Gonzo, if I was any better, I'd be twins. That's an old Jim Mad Dog Mandage line. But no, I'm, I'm pumped. Like, honestly, I don't think I've been this. And I, I'm excited every year. Even the Al Golden years, I was always excited starting a new season. But I haven't been this excited, I think, since 2002. 
but coming off a national championship, feeling very confident Miami was going to repeat, and they basically did. They were robbed. They should have repeated in 2002. I don't think I've been this excited since then with all the changes. Mario Cristobal, all-star cast of assistant coaches, all of this exciting NIL stuff, because Miami's doing really, really great in that arena. The investments being made by the administration and donors, boosters, all the way on down. The investments being made to facilities. And that leads us to our next question for the day. And thank you guys for coming strong at Locked on Canes and also leaving us questions on our YouTube channel as well. Alvaro asks... Do the Miami Hurricanes now have the nicest locker rooms in the country? Have you guys seen these? They're all over every player's social media, these locker rooms. Um, When I first saw the images coming in on my Twitter timeline, because like you see the images before I even knew what I was looking at, like before I read the captions, like New Canes locker rooms, I just started to see these little videos popping up and the images. I swear to you, I thought for the first few seconds, I was looking at the inside of a Vegas casino. Like, I thought I was looking down aisles of beautifully lit, whirling slot machines because it's got that sort of a Las Vegas vibe. And then, no, no, I'm, I'm looking at pictures of the new Canes locker room. And Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, one of our most famous Miami alums, Uh, is the one who financially backs these locker rooms. This guy is a godsend. Thank you so much, Dwayne John. I'll never speak badly about any of your movies, even the bad ones. I love you so much. But no, these locker rooms, guys, you know, I haven't uh, haven't done quite enough homework to compare them to every single locker room in the country because I imagine places like Alabama and Oregon, who we hear so much about, have really nice locker rooms. But I can tell you, they've got to be among the best in the entire nation because if Mr. Johnson, The Rock, is footing the bill for this stuff. I'm sure he wants to make sure they're getting something space-age and state-of-the-art. They're the nicest ones that I've seen out of photos and videos that I've personally looked at. They're definitely the nicest in the ACC. They're the nicest locker rooms Miami has ever had. And I did compare them to photos of the Florida State locker rooms. And they're way nicer than that, so... Miami's got that going for them. And, and guys, this is all stuff that in 2022, this is just another way to build momentum through recruiting because every player who's uncommitted or on the fence about going to Miami classes of 23, 24, 25, and so on, they see stuff like that, and it does help. It's not the end-all, be-all. Like, there's not any one thing that is going to make Five-star recruits all come to Miami in droves, but this is one of those contributors. Seeing locker rooms like that is one of those things where players around the country know they're going to get the nicest possible equipment at the University of Miami. Because you can no longer say, because we've been able to say it for many years, that, well, listen, Miami's a great place to live, but then you see the facilities on campus. They're not so good. You can't compare them to the big boys out there. And that was used negative recruiting against Miami. You can't use facilities anymore. Locker rooms are top-notch. They're doing more work soon on the indoor practice facility to expand it, make it even bigger, make it even better. For what it's worth, there's been a lot of new stadium talk. We'll see if that ever comes to fruition or not. And even if it doesn't, the Hurricanes never move to a new stadium 
they still play in one of the best stadiums in the U.S. of A. because Hard Rock Stadium is a space-age, world-class NFL facility. So the facilities on campus and off campus are top-notch. You can no longer bag on Miami's facilities. We're going to have a lot coming up, guys, on tomorrow's episode. I mentioned we're going to do, I'm going to do my power ranking of all 12 Miami opponents this coming year. Maybe I'll predict who they're going to play in the national championship game. Ah, I don't want to jinx anything. And we're also going to talk more recruiting tomorrow. Um, We have new class of 2023 rankings out for some of the biggest publications. Where does Miami stand and who in the class of 2023 are the Miami Hurricanes still after as they have, I'm going to say conservatively, seven to ten spots that they still want to fill with commitments heading into next year. So thank you guys so much for making us a part of your day. And make sure you get more on the ACC by making Locked On ACC your second listen every day with host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Locked On bringing you around the league in 30 minutes or less. Make Locked On ACC your second listen. And thank you for making us your first. We will talk to you again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Canes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.